大家好，我是李彪勇，我是香港人，即马咧甲你讲大意，你当咧收听练灯秀。All right, let's see if I can remember how microphones work. Welcome to the Fluent Show, our podcast all about loving, living, and learning languages. Hello, everyone! Stumbling, blinking into the light, a yawn and a stretch, and we are back from hiatus. Catapulted into the new year, 2021 or 2021. What do you call it? I don't know. My name is Kirsten Cable, either way, and I am here to talk to you about anything and everything interesting. You know it from the world of learning another language. Oh, I'm so happy to be back. How are you doing? How was the rest of your 2020? How were your months? Did you enjoy our bonus episode, the wonderful panel interview with podcasters from Sweden and India and from Venezuela? Can you believe that we just had our 200 episode party? That's right. This is episode two hundred and one of the Fluent Show. I mean, wow, 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 wow! We're back, and I'm so pleased to be talking to you. Maybe you've been a bit like my husband, who actually told me the other day that he thought this was my way of shutting down the whole podcast. Well, we're not quite there yet. We're going to keep going just a little bit longer,、uh, but there are a few changes. So here are my kind of plans for the podcast for two thousand and twenty-one. The first thing is the Q and A episodes. We're going to make a change to Q and A episodes. I have been doing these for all almost two years now, and there are a total of fifty-two of them. Yes, that's right—a whole year's worth of weekly podcasts. If you want to just listen to my many, many answers to listener questions, and I love doing these, but as part of my 2021 refresh for the Fluent Show, I will now be reducing. The amount of time we're putting into listener questions, and I'll put them into bundle episodes, sort of mail bags. I'm going to go down to the fluent mail room. I'm going to stick a few or grab a few letters from the burgeoning mail bag and answer these answer these questions together, so that your questions will actually be answered. Quicker here on the show, and I'll be able to more easily reference episodes where we've covered similar topics before. That's my plan. So let's see how we go. And the first one is to be expected in February. This break has done me really good as well, and I have been thinking about the podcast for the year. And I'm going to be working with regular podcast breaks, which also allows me to split the show into sorta kinda seasons. So you can imagine that this is season one of 2021, and there's going to be four of them. Each season is planned to be ten episodes long. Let's see how we go again, and loosely covers one topic, very loosely. Right now, my plan is to focus on linguistics for this season, on teaching for the next one, then mindfulness. I think there'll be some interesting conversations to be had, and the fourth 
quarter of 2021 is a mystery slash unknown. Again, I want to see what develops and I want to hear from you as well. As always, you can get in touch and share your ideas with me. The best ways to do this are either through Patreon, that's patreon.com slash Fluent Show, or by completing the Fluent Show survey, which I've just done in a new edition of, so new questions or if you've taken the survey before please come back and take the survey again it's now ready for you and that is in the show notes now the show notes if this is your first listen let me just explain to you they're always at fluent.show slash and then the episode number so the show notes for episode 201 are at fluent.show slash 201 of course, you can expect me to get back together with Lindsay for some co-hosted episodes and conversations. And I've got a few other friends lined up and some truly interesting people. So I hope you're as excited as I am for the episodes that are coming to you in 2021. Happy New Year! Bonne année! Frohes neues Jahr! Now... Instead of a sponsor, I wanted to take some time today to tell you about the Language Habit Toolkit, my comprehensive online course designed to help you build a productive language learning routine. So the whole idea is to sort of be fluent, not flustered. And it came out of my own developments and has grown ever since, built in more research, built in more references, worked with more and more test candidates and elaborated it. And the Language Habit Toolkit is looking awesome for this year, if I say so myself. When you join, you'll get immediate access to the full four module course and the build a productive language routine Q&A as well. The absolutely phenomenal language habit handbook with over 60 pages of step-by-step -step instructions to help you complete the worksheets that guide you through confidently setting up this productive study routine. There's now nine worksheets in total. You've got trackers, we've got weekly planners, we've got planning worksheets, we've got a review template that's going to change your life it'll transform your routine it's going to be amazing it's designed to do that so that's all right there and you can get them digitally to complete on your computer or you can get a printable version and now we've got printable versions in the american i think it's 8 by 11 format as well and of course even more things real life samples and i could list all these things but go and have a look the language have a toolkit is designed to help you uncover true motivation, help you organize your study routine and help you keep going month after month. So just go to these show notes, have a little tap and look at the Language Habit Toolkit because I think it's a great time at the start of the year for you to make a difference to your language learning routine. Make sure you stay motivated, make sure you kind of have that energy and the motivation to keep going into 2021. Because I don't know where you are, but here in the UK, I'm in the third lockdown <laughs> in a year. So I don't think any of us are going to be quite traveling around the world soon. But who knows? Now, maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. The first episode, of course, means it's a good time to re reflect. And I wanted to take some time to reflect. And then we're going to talk about goal setting tips. And I've got a few lined up for you. You can... Also, read my full review of 2020. 
I wrote this review and it's it's huge. It's I looked at every quarter of the last year, kind of shared what happened, share what I learned and what happened in my own language learning. So this review, if you love review posts as much as I do and you just want to hear what happened in other people's year and you're curious, then again, I've linked it in the show notes and they're at fluent.show slash 201. So that's the only place you need to look. And it's called An Honest Review of a Maddening Year 2020. A few of the themes that are relevant to you as listeners are, number one, fluent in isolation or the theme of fluency in isolation. Learning languages from home for most of us is not like a new thing. We know what we're doing. And in 2020, it felt like everybody got in on this party that we have been sitting at. Like we've been in the kitchen with the beers, having a conversation for ages and ages and ages. And suddenly this busload of people comes in and they're like, what is this? What is Zoom? Does this work? Is this safe? When we already knew, yeah, yeah, we know what we're doing. <laughs> but at the same time, it, while the online world got bigger and people came and joined us at the party, the world also shrank. Because we, I don't know about you again, but I certainly wasn't able to get around and go many places. So the questions of fluency and isolation, the topic of what do we do to keep our language learning going? Is language learning a refuge for you? Is language learning something that distracts you? Is it something that you're able to do when maybe certain modes of learning that you wanted to have in your life just aren't accessible anymore. We didn't have any language retreats, for example, last year. So it was a way of looking at how we learn. And I certainly learned about myself and experienced a few things that helped me keep the routine going and make more sense of things. So a little bit more about that later. Later. Now, the other team that I really want to mention and highlight again was, I'm going to call it Black Lives Matter, I guess, equality, the diversity, the importance of hearing multiple voices, of believing multiple voices when they account for the way their own life is and of, well, you know, on a much more urgent scale as well, just eliminating police brutality. There was, I think that kept us all going and we really had to think about that very hard. It was an important movement and an important moment in our year. And what a reminder for all of us to invest in our communities with compassion and with care. And I vow to continue doing that and to not forget there's also the element of language and language equality. Now, in previous episodes and previous years, we talked about indigenous languages. We talked about language revitalization, but also the threat of extinction for some languages and the way some languages just completely take over and establish themselves as the standard, put out what is correct or what, sh what we might consider correct or a mistake. And those conversations, again, are what I want to keep going and what I want to learn more about in the coming, not just year, but in the coming years. Now, there are a few insights that are more language learning relevant. The first one that I had was that, I, again, both of these are kind of, I, I knew this, but it just became more true for me. And I want to mention it for the benefit of you as the listener. 
As you might be aware, my personal language learning experience over last year was mostly focused on two languages, Mandarin Chinese, which I was fairly new to, and Welsh, which I have now been learning for more than five years. And my Welsh level is B2 or upper intermediate, whatever you want to call it. And something that I... Something that happened in Welsh was that I joined an evening class and I had to choose my level, which is why I even know my level. And I have been learning this language kind of in the world's most bumbling, engage with it when I want to, don't set myself lots of rules and schedules and just enjoy the journey kind of manner. And what this showed me, the fact that I'm in this class, in this upper intermediate class that I know, you know, this is a level that many people put as this goal and really feel like they have to work so hard to get to, is that I and you can get loads of progress done and we can totally achieve our goals in like less than five hours a week with languages. It's absolutely possible. This isn't because I'm special or talented or it's my eighth language or whatever Welsh was, it really just isn't about how intensely you throw more and more time and more and more work at your language. It is about what you experience with it and what makes you engage and come back to it again and again and again. What draws you in? That is a question that I ask as a language coach, what is it that makes you want to go there? Not what is it that makes you feel obliged to go there? Because the things you want to do, they have more impact to you, to your results and to the people around you. Now, of course, this is most true if you're at the intermediate to advanced level, or it's easier to kind of believe this. At the early level, you do kind of need the love in particular, right? You're not in that routine yet, so you need the strong reason to pull you through. And this is where I will tell you about Chinese, where I did, you know, commit to the routine. I did kind of every now and then feel the love and get curious about it, but it never quite generated the same fascination in me and it was just all around it was a little bit tougher I did still make progress in Chinese over the last year and kind of put a nice I was able to put a nice bow around chapter one of Kirsten learning Chinese at the end of last year when I completed the HSK1 exam paper so that's the first of I think it's now seven levels of Chinese exams that you can take. And that was a fairly straightforward thing for me to do. I was able to take that exam. I kind of looked at the answer codes and I would have passed it just fine. And I think with Chinese, that might be where I will leave it. Um, but again, more about that later when I talk about my goals. Now, the other big insight that I had was that grammar rules do not need to be learned how we think they need to be learned. This is, again, something I had known already, and I taught this in December as a very systematic approach in a course called Crack the Grammar Code that I created. But this year, I got first-hand experience of it through joining this B2 Welsh class. The class has a textbook. The class works with all these grammatical um, expressions, the devod all this, the something, you know, like I don't even know the Welsh words for the simple past or the simple future, etc. But everything, I would say 90% of the rules that I learned in this class 
that I'm expected to already know at this level are not new to me. Yet I have never studied them before. I've just observed them, asked when I really needed to and worked for the corrections of other people. Grammar works so much better. Grammar rule study works so much better when you already have that context ready. And that is something I will continue to share with you. And if you're really interested in that, just get yourself a copy of Crack the Grammar Code and kind of work your way through it. It's, it's not so much a step-by-step program but it's a it's a step-by-step mindset changer that I would really like more people to have now if I was to sum up my top three wins let's talk about wins I mean it was a bad year right so top three wins for the year and I would love to hear about yours from me as a language learner and a language teacher the first insight was when I joined this Welsh class and I started having these conversations I had before taken italki lessons and had Welsh conversations every week, and I was feeling fairly okay. But this class put me in front of completely new people, where I was also told these people are your level, and I found I can totally talk to them. Sometimes it's just easier, you know, when you talk to other learners rather than natives, or natives, you know, expert speakers. And I just felt so happy because it, I took away, I can speak Welsh. Ah! <laughs> and I never quite, you know, I, I, I said it before because I felt it was probably factually true, but I didn't really believe it. And this confidence boost was fantastic. And that was from the kind of class where normally you'd go to like, I don't know, a, a, a community center or like a church hall or wherever they do these classes in the evening. I used to teach these types of classes in libraries, you know, just wherever you can. I was such a gift. I was given such a gift when these classes moved online in the last year. And I'm going to continue my Welsh class. And I'm very grateful um, for it to also to Richard Simcott, who joined the same, he's in a different course, so we don't actually interact, but he joined at the same level as me and sort of said, yeah, I think I'm going to go for the EO, which is the B2 sort of level. And I was like, if Richard Simcon can do it, I reckon I can as well. <laughs> and just dared myself. And I'm really glad I went to the right level there. So that was the first one. Yay, I can speak Welsh. What a win. The second one was that I took the italki challenge three times and completed my goal once of 12 lessons, 12 hours of study, uh, which actually is more lessons because I don't take hour long lessons. So I joined the italki challenge three times and succeeded once, but each time it was a total win. The italki challenge is great fun. If you want to work with tutors or if you just want your routine either challenged or fortified, then it is a really, really great program to try out. So go for the italki challenge. And the other win that I really had as a teacher was that I created classes with a level of excitement that I hadn't had for many years. I created Your Solid Vocab Memory and Crack the Grammar Code. And I feel like they go really well together. So I'm excited for the future of these two courses because they address these classic language learning problems and give you practical good solutions that you can take and you can work with going forward and the other thing I worked with was to create the language dabbler's guide to Welsh which was just so much fun and such a challenge and again it's about how do we see ourselves as language 
learners do we consider even at the be whatever level to that we could teach anything to a beginner and when you do start to teach it and you think about how can I explain this new concept that is new to them in a way that helps somebody else learn it you transform in the way that you use a language in the way that you own a language so even if you are not a teacher, even if this isn't your job like it is for me, I encourage you so, so much to teach someone the basics of the language you are learning. It is an absolutely delightful experience and it will make you feel like an absolute boss. I think that was it for my wins of 2020. Uh, looking ahead, I want to share a few helpful tips for setting language goals. I've got five of them all together and they are going to help you set language goals. There are sort of five different ways. You don't have to follow all of these tips at once. Even if you just follow one of these or one of these gets you thinking, then that might help you connect to that energy and connect to that excitement for a year, a plan of a year of language learning. How good is that? Let's start with number one, way number one, the first way that you can set goals for the new year. And I'm going to start with a quote from Gretchen Rubin. The years are long, but the days are short. And by that, I mean, it's good if you set yourself a goal that will keep you going for a long, long time. But at the same time, remember that goal is there to motivate you that's not your checklist or to-do list. I call this the vision goal. And if you check out the Language Habit Toolkit, you'll get lots more materials and lots more instruction and guidance on how to set a vision goal. But the idea is really to ask yourself a question. And we're just, we're just at the start of the year. So let's get to the end of this year. Let's hope that by the end of this year, you'll have had your COVID vaccine. <laughs> And ask yourself, what do you want to achieve in your languages by the holidays of 2021? Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever it is. What can you achieve? What's possible for you? What feels exciting? If you're completely drawing a blank, then look back at what you achieved this year and ask yourself, can I can I double that? Can I take that further? Does that even feel like an exciting direction for me? Is there a language that is particularly calling to you that you just, you just really want to learn it? Are you ready to work on many at once? Maybe you want to add something, do some maintenance and intensity. Or maybe you're in the market to find your next passion or to discover something with a language or explore the culture, the country behind that language a little bit more. These are the kind of questions that will help you build your vision goal, build your setting for setting the tone of 2021. You may also want to draw a motto from this or a theme. So this is all about switching off the mind a little bit, the head and connecting to your heart and getting excited. Tip number two. After you've built your vision for the year, look at what's on the diary. So we're going to come back down to earth. What's coming up definitely this year? It's not movable. Maybe big holidays, religious holidays, anniversaries, birthdays, the seasons, the quarters. 
don't look too closely at the second half of the year yet and ask yourself, what are you planning to achieve by March, April? How are you going to get there? What do you need? Think about the milestones that you want to achieve that are actually realistic for you in those timeframes. So you might want to just start with January. Bearing in mind your general direction of travel is the vision goal. Where do you want to get at the end of January? I think milestones are super, super helpful. So for example, you might want to consider, is there a course that you want to finish? Is there a book that you want to finish or something that you want to start and build into your routine? Is there something you want to start doing every day, every week, every other week? Which challenges could be in your diary? Are there any online events? Perhaps there is an online challenge. We've talked about so many of them. The Instagram language challenge. Then there is the 30-day speaking challenge. And then, of course, there's the add one challenge. So there's loads and loads. And which online events are in your diary? At this point, let me just mention that Women in Language is going to be in March this year. <laughs> so block that time out. And what new experiences can you build into your life? What's realistic to build into your life? You know, if like me, you're in lockdown, probably for another month. It's not worth me thinking about how I'm going to Cardiff and speak fluent Welsh there. It's just not possible. But what other experiences could I bring into my life? These are interesting questions and they will help you break down from vision to milestone. Third consideration, tip, way, is you don't have to chain yourself to a single language. It's absolutely fine to dabble if that's what you want to do. And it's absolutely fine to take a break from languages now and then. And this means you don't need a huge goal for everything. Set yourself up for success now by establishing how you're going to record what you've done in your language. Record more than you plan. That's a great tip. So, for example, you can blog about it every month, reviewing your month or every three months, whatever suits you. You could post regularly on social media. You could complete trackers and calendars. There are a few handy ones in the language habit toolkit, I have to say. I review my diary every single year. And when I look back, I learn so much more than I could possibly remember. So recording works. And you may want to just download a habit tracking app. That also works. Whatever you do, put a review date in your diary now when you'll check how far you've come and what supported you in the everyday reality of learning another language. This, I guess it's a little bit quantified self, but it does help you here because with language learning, we, when we do it solo, we, we need somewhere that gives us this feedback that helps us improve and recording what you do and then asking yourself, honestly, did that actually work is a great way to do it. Tip number four, when we consider this, when we learn languages, we work on the long-term memory. And the long-term memory is particularly responsive and really likes not just, you know, exposure and repetition, exposure and repetition, um, but also the emotional links that you build to the different, let's call them units <laughs> of language that you put into your brain. So when we put the joy and the experiences first in language learning, our memory benefits. 
If you've got this predictable, perhaps boring environment coming up in the coming months, make the most of it. Involve your family in language learning, maybe explore films and music and food from your target country, if there is a country. Uh, plan a virtual trip there, perhaps. Make it about the experience and see, perhaps even if something has moved online that wasn't available to you before. It worked for me with Welch, for sure. If you are lucky enough that travel is a possibility, definitely make it a highlight Work towards it, but don't build your full routine about it. Hold back a little bit because the question is about what is a lasting vision for you. So it brings it back to that vision goal. And now finally, final tip. Really often I have found that motivation comes as you start doing something. Motivation is cyclical. Set yourself small goals and look for the goals that almost seem too easy If you're stuck in a moment and you're doing nothing at all, it's it's similar to the old running, <laughs> the old running line that I've heard many times and told myself many times before. Even if you're really slow, even if you're just going half a mile, you're still lapping everybody on the couch. And that is the same. Even if it's just one page in your book that you want to read, even if you're just going, I'll I'll just, you know, I'll just book a half hour with my tutor. It doesn't have to be spectacular. It doesn't have to be It doesn't have to impress anybody. Who cares? You're still lapping everybody on the couch. Just more allegorically. <laughs> so think about small goals and really go for the things that feel too easy. If you don't feel like you're quite doing enough, but you've got a full sheet, you're doing great. Maybe let's call them micro challenges, if you will. Now, Let me finish this off by sharing a little bit of my vision for the new year. It is a little foggy because I find I find the unpredictability of COVID time and the way that every month, I think this is the month I get to go to Germany and see my family and it just doesn't happen. It, it affects my planning, really. It's, I find it harder to think long term. But here are a few of my thoughts. First, Welsh, of course. I love Welsh. I know my long-term vision goes further into the future than just one year. It's not just about the language. I'm, I don't know, I'm not excited about the idea of reading this super complicated ancient literature. I'm not into history that much. Uh, don't really follow the Welsh news because they tend to be quite local. It's a small country with, you know, the language quite local. Um, but instead, I want to build my circle of friends and I want to become ever more able and chilled about speaking Welsh to them. My vision is to host a dinner, you know, when we're all together and we're all, we can all meet again, just host a dinner, maybe in a restaurant in Cardiff or whatever, and just chat with everybody and Welsh be the primary language of that experience. That'd be amazing. I know this is the hardest one to share because there's a lot of when COVID is over. Um, but I chose learning Welsh because it is near to where I live, living here in the UK. So the locality and the community is a big part of learning the language. Now with Chinese, I'm still not 100% sure. But what I'm thinking is that I want to find a way to keep engaged not completely lose it. And I've got this wonderful Asimil workbook that I think will help him with that. So just kind of pop in, do a few pages in a workbook and be done. At the level I've reached, I'm still happy to dabble. But 
I, I'm not, I'm not feeling the push forward. I think I want to free up some time, Chinese time for other languages. So my next micro challenge is to write a thank you note to my tutor and uh, just, you know, thank them for the tuition and let them know that I'm not going to be taking any classes anytime soon because I'm, I'm happy with HSK1 at this point. Now, finally, I'm increasingly sure that I want to spend some time relearning a little bit of Italian. That's a language that's been calling to me for a year or so. Right now, I'm not feeling at full capacity. So I'm putting that one into the hands of whatever we're calling it, the universe, God, my subconscious. And I know that the moment will come when it's right for me to dive back into Italian and study, maybe not with a book, because I'm, I've got such a big pile of books and I feel bad about that already. Maybe not with a course, because I don't want to feel too study-ish yet. I'm just still in the get-to-know-you phase again. I'm thinking maybe an audiobook. Because I like walking and listening to things. So if you've got any suggestions, hit me up, you know, Patreon or hello at fluentlanguage.co.uk. And yeah, I've also popped my Italian resource page into the show notes. So if you're interested in courses that I've tried in the past that I really liked for Italian, that's in the show notes, fluent.show slash 201. And I will leave it at that. I've got a few other languages kind of on the radar kind of in my mind but i'm open at this point except for welsh welsh and me we're together forever <laughs> uh, what about you i would love to hear back from you and if you don't go any further than that and you just enjoyed this episode first of all thank you so much for listening welcome back out of hiatus we're all awake again as always don't hesitate to send me your intro if you've got an intro that you want to record for the fluent show all you need to do is say your name where you live which language you're speaking and then in your language you're listening to the fluent show and you would then Send that as an mp3 or WAV file to hello at fluentlanguage.co.uk. You can support The Fluent Show on Patreon. You can connect with me on Instagram. My username is Kirsten, K-E-R-S-T-I-N underscore fluent. And you can say hi on Twitter as well, where it's at The Fluent Show. Loads and loads of ways to get in touch. Welcome to the new year and The Fluent Show is back. Goodbye.